0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, December 27, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. A conventional view is that faster wage growth would improve Social Security's financial condition. But is that true? Jagadish Gokhale, author of a new Cato policy analysis that studies the connection between Social Security's financial condition and wage growth, offers his assessment. What are the commonly held beliefs about the impact of wage growth on the financial condition of Social Security?
1: Well, I think the general consensus in the economics profession as well as in the uh, public debates over Social Security reform tends to be that faster economic, or more specifically faster, wage growth in the future will improve Social Security's financial condition. And that view uh, is widely held... Uh, was also evident in the presidential debates from the last presidential elections, when uh, when they were asked what uh, reforms they would emphasize for so- programs, social security for for social security, uh, uh, the candidate John Kerry said that we don't really have to do anything about reforming social security because economic growth faster economic growth will bail us out. So generally, I think there is a consensus that if we are somehow able to improve or increase the rate of growth, economic rate of growth in the country, then uh, Social Security's financial condition would be improved, uh, and therefore there's no urgency to undertake reforms. Another reason why people believe that faster growth would be desirable from Social Security's from the perspective of Social Security's financial condition is because the Social Security Administration is viewed as adopting rather pessimistic projections on future economic growth. Now, if they are indeed pessimistic and future economic growth uh, is expected to be much faster, perhaps because historically we have been growing faster, especially after the mid-1990s, then if that trend of faster economic growth than what Social Security, what the Social Security Administration assumes is realized, uh, then the imbalances we measure for Social Security themselves would be much smaller. And that again indicates that the urgency of reform is not uh, very great.
0: On its face, it seems fair to say that faster economic growth would actually improve the condition of Social Security because you have an infusion of new funds.
1: Right. And the reason why there is a consensus is because uh, the Social Security Administration has promoted measures that show that uh, faster economic growth leading to an improvement in the system's financial condition. Unfortunately, those measures generally tend to be Uh, short term in their orientation. For example, measures such as the crossover date, which tells us when tax revenues will begin uh, falling short of benefit expenditures. Well, if economic growth occurs faster, then over the short term, tax revenues are going to go up, simply because faster economic growth will mean faster wage growth, and uh, employees will... Uh, have higher wages and they'll therefore pay higher payroll taxes immediately but those higher wages will not be incorporated into their into higher benefits for many years in fact many decades until those workers uh, retire so immediately you'd see fast economic growth having an immediate impact on revenues but not an immediate impact on benefits and if our measures that that tell us what the system's financial condition is a short-term in their orientation, we're gonna see an improvement in the system's uh, financial condition. But of course, uh, if you adopt longer-term measures, then those uh, increases in future benefits will be counted in rather than ignored. And then it's not clear whether fast economic growth on net will improve or worsen the system's financial condition because both taxes and benefits are are rising. Uh, in general, if both taxes and benefits uh, uh, have a gap, that is, we have a shortfall of resources, faster economic growth over the long term would tend to increase taxes, increase benefits, and therefore magnify or expand the gap between taxes and benefits as well. So if we don't look far enough ahead, it will seem as though the condition improves, but... If we do actually adopt long-term, uh, long a t- longer-term perspective in measuring the system's finances, then it's not a foregone conclusion that the system is better off.
0: Okay. What are the implications then for measuring Social Security's health using a measure that goes out into perpetuity?
1: Well, there's, uh, this is a complicated question because there are many things that impact uh both taxes and benefits uh, of the of the social security system in response to faster economic growth, one element is the fact that the u s population is aging over time with an aging population, benefits would grow for two reasons: not just because growth is faster but there are more people taking in benefits over time. The second point is that under the current system uh Annual balance ratios, that is the balance between future revenues and future uh, benefit expenditures uh, taken as a share of future payrolls year by year, are rising over time, which means that in the future, the taxes that would have to be imposed to balance the system's revenues and expenditures would rise over time. Now, what does faster growth do? It, faster growth means that future incomes would be higher, but those larger incomes would be subjected to higher annual balance ratios or higher tax rates as dictated by the annual balance ratios, which means that on average, more of our income would be subjected to higher tax rates because annual balance ratios are rising over time under the current system. That just indicates that faster economic growth would increase the average taxes that we would require in order to pay the current scheduled benefits.
0: Why does the Social Security Administration de-emphasize measures of the financial health of the Social Security system that extend into perpetuity?
1: Actually, historically, the Social Security Administration did compute and report measures of the system's finances in perpetuity. That was many decades ago. Uh, As it turned out, At that time, the results from calculating these uh, measures over just 75 years, say, or going through perpetuity didn't make a huge difference. Uh, So they dropped the perpetuity measures. But subsequently, after Social Security benefits were indexed to inflation, which meant future benefits would continue to rise with inflation rather than lag behind. That meant going forward does actually make a difference. Going beyond the 75 years makes a difference. Social Security Administration today does report perpetuity measures, but they don't emphasize them as much. Those measures are usually uh, reported in the back, at the back of the trustees report. And uh, short-term measures are given precedence and emphasized by the trustees report. Uh, Those measures such as the crossover date that I already mentioned, uh, the trust fund exhaustion date that is currently 2042 that looks at when the trust fund will run out of money, or annual balance ratios, that is the uh, balance of revenues and expenditures as a ratio of payrolls every year, or the most uh, recognized and most popular measure, the 75-year actuarial deficit. All of these measures are short-term measures, and these tend to show an improvement in the system's financial condition as a result of faster wage growth. The perpetuity measure would show that the system's financial condition does not improve or possibly even worsens as a result of faster wage growth, but the Social Security Administration, at least so far, has not provided any analysis of the sensitivity of the long-term measure, the perpetuity measure, to changes in its underlying assumptions, such as the rate of economic growth or the rate of wage growth.
0: Jagadish Gokhale is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. His recent policy analysis on social security and wage growth is available at our website, cato.org.